Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This week, we have another full slate of games to look forward to. Luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus, they have new odds, boosts, and promotions on your favorite sports every day. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever. You don't even have to leave your house. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to the DraftKings app and check out all of their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code SI to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the SI Fantasy Podcast. He's going to see his production decrease at least 15 to 20%, so I think he might actually be a fantasy bust in 2020. Head to SI.com slash fantasy for all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league. I look at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone. He's able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of. Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content you won't find anywhere else. Every single running back in his first year as the featured back under Andy Reid dating back to 1999 has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the glide, guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson, Dr. Roto, and Michael Fabiano. Yo, what's up and welcome inside the SI Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings Overreaction Monday. Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, Michael Fabiano, and Dr. Roto. All right, fellas, let's get ready to hop into it and break down some of the things we saw in week four. Get ready for the waiver wire. We got two big Monday night football games tonight. So, Fabs, so, like, this the reason why we got two Monday night football games tonight is because Cam Newton has uh, tested positive for coronavirus. So now the, the game tonight will be played between the Chiefs and the Patriots in Arrowhead. Cam Newton's obviously will be out. It's funny how Cam Newton tests positive, but nobody else on the team did. <laughs> but Cam That's... Newton will be out. But Cam Newton will be out tonight, and Brian Hoyer gets the start. Huge surprise when news broke on Saturday about this. I was convinced that that game was going to get postponed out of Week Four because this this virus is so contagious, and these guys are you know they're playing football games against each other that they're, they're at practice together. I would have, I would have bet, uh, you know, dollars to donuts that somebody else would have contracted it. And luckily not only for the NFL, for, for fantasy uh, fans as well, uh, that game is going to go down this week. I had put out there as the commissioner in a few leagues, because I don't feel like this whole scenario is fair where there was a time when 
you had to basically decide, am I starting Patrick Mahomes? Am I starting Travis Kelsey? Am I starting Tyreek Hill? Uh, or am I going to replace those guys, even though the game might still be played? So for me, this was a learning experience as a commissioner. And I feel like other people out there should have also went to school on this. We're in a weird state right here, folks, in the National Football League and in fantasy football. And fantasy football at the end of the day is supposed to be fun. So I allowed everybody in my leagues who were planning on starting Chiefs or Patriots to give me an alternate. So in case the game was postponed out of week four and we didn't find out, say, until after the 1 p.m. kicks on Sunday or on Monday, everybody's covered. Because otherwise, it's just not fair uh, not to know if a game is actually going to be played. And unfortunately, this kind of scenario is probably going to continue to happen uh, throughout the course of the season. Cross the fingers, knock on wood. Doc, how do you think the situation was handled yesterday, uh, oh, this weekend by the NFL, number one, number two by fantasy commissioners? And also, do you think that the NFL should take fantasy commissioners or fantasy managers into their thought process when things like this happen? I mean, look, we'd like for them to, but I mean, they have to worry about their product when the product is putting teams on the field and playing football. But I agree with Fabs in that, look, when this went down, I was convinced that they were not going to play. This was going to be week 18. I mean, this was going to be a fantasy nightmare for everybody. But I mean, look, it was contained to Cam. And once again, how did that happen? Don't know. But And then I was worried that they were going to cancel the game just because of Cam, which would have been totally unfair, right? But I want to get back to a bigger point about fantasy football leagues. So I think that we knew that this could have happened. So I know what I did in my own home league. We expanded rosters by a couple of spots. We have uh, waivers every night going through up till Sunday. And when some, one, buddy in my, in my, one, one of my um, managers in my league asked, well, can I have a contingency plan? I said, no. And I wasn't saying this to be a jerk. I was saying this because we knew that this could have happened because what happens is, is I said, start the guy that you feel comfortable with. If you want to roll with it, that's your choice. But we expanded our roster so you don't have to do that. Now, is that fair to him? Not necessarily. It's not. But is it fair to the league otherwise if we let some guys put in players and some guys put it out? You can't change your league rules midstream. And we saw a site do that yesterday that people know about very well. And yeah. I don't think you ever do that when people are dropping money and you change rules. OMG, I'm going to be on you. And that's not a good thing. Yeah, that definitely was a bad look from over the weekend with that going down with a couple of the high profile, high price leagues. Let's get ready to get into it. We'll get back to this Monday Night Football contest, but let's get ready to get into some of the action and some of the things that took place yesterday. Do got a couple of MRI results that we're waiting to hear back from. One being Nick Chubb, Mike of the Cleveland Browns. But you know what? As long as you're playing against the Dallas Cowboys, you can fire up <laughs> Dontrell Hilliard coming off the bench. for the. I didn't even know for the first time in 15 years, he runs for damn near 100 yards. Listen, the Chubb thing is interesting, but I want to touch on you with this game right quick. I got a couple things for you. The Chubb thing is interesting and how we move forward dealing with that. Obviously, Kareem Hunt. But you were um, – Odell Beckham was one of your busts coming into the year. He had a monster game yesterday. Would you tell fantasy managers to sell Odell Beckham this morning? Yes, I absolutely would. And OBJ had been a bust going into this game. And OBJ was my start of the week at, at wide receiver in yep. week four. Because it, 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 it's not the same dude that balled out in New York and was an absolute superstar and was a must start every single. He's not. Going into week four, he was the 25th wide receiver based on fantasy points dating back to last season. 
He had two games out of three with single digit fantasy. The Cowboys defense sucks and I'm passionate about it because I'm a Cowboys fan for almost 40 years and it pisses me off that this defense is this bad. Like I get it. The injuries are a big concern. Earl Thomas is out there. Hey, Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, go out there and actually make it seem like you give it, you know what about this defense and sign Earl Thomas. Go out and look for Snacks Harrison. See if you do something. The division's terrible. Like, you can win this division, but OBJ, that was the easiest prediction maybe I'll make all season long. I knew he was going to kill the Cowboys. I knew it because the Cowboys defense is garbage right now, okay? I might start Daniel Jones next week. <laughs> like, that's how bad the Cowboys defense is. It's so terrible. So that is going to be the best game OBJ has all year. Best game he's going to have all year. I'd sell him now. I'd get something valuable for him. This was about the matchup. The Cowboys defense, yes, folks, it is this bad. This is historically bad defensive play that the Dallas Cowboys are putting out there on that field on every Sunday. It's crap. It's horrible. Target them in the matchups, and now go get yourself something good for OBJ. Nah, no doubt about it, Doc. I think Mike hits the nail on the head with this one. I asked you the same question. Are you selling Odell Beckham right now? Also, you were correct on Amari Cooper at home. That's how that situation went down. Dak Prescott might throw for 5,000 yards this season, but you cannot give up 50 points to the Cleveland Browns. But, Doc, come in and bring it back to a fantasy perspective. Odell Beckham, buying or selling? Yeah, I think you're low on Dak. I think it's going to be 6,000 yards this year. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not selling. I'm not. And I'm going to tell you why. I think I want to wait for the Chubb injury first because mm -hmm. if Chubb is injured, then they're going to open up this offense just a little bit more. Right. Secondly, I always have my eye on winning a fantasy championship. Okay. Now let's take a look at the last few weeks of his schedule. Jacksonville, Tennessee, easy, easy. Baltimore's tough, admittedly. And then in weeks 15 and 16, he gets the New York football giants revenge narrative. Ooh. And then he gets the New York jets horrible. So I don't know if I'm selling. I think I like winning. And I think this is a guy who, if you can get to the playoffs, you and might win And that's the big question. Can he help you get to the playoffs so you can actually, uh, you know, utilize those those uh, matchups to your advantage? Well, he's got Cincinnati. He's got Las Vegas. He's got Doc, Houston. he's had good matchups in the past last year, and he was terrible. All right. Man, look, I, I'm just throwing out there. You you gave solid reasons why you should trade in. I'm, I'm giving you reasons why you shouldn't. So I'm not. I'm saying, look, you can get the most for Beckham that you're ever going to get. Right? You're going to get a hundred a dollar fifty on the dollar. So if you get the right deal, great. But if the right deal includes, I don't know, Daryl Henderson or people like that, you better get something really good because Beckham is a number one and he's got a great playoff matchup. Right. Of course. I mean, you're not trading OBJ to get Daryl Henderson. That's foolish. You've got to go out there and get top dollar for him right now. All right, so there you go right there. That's an interesting debate on Odell Beckham and how to move it going forward. And he, I got him on a couple teams in non-trading leagues, so I'm going to have to stick it out with him. But I definitely see both sides of the, of the, of the ledge. Um, another guy who fantasy owners were kind of souring on and kind of getting a little bit nervous about was Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon comes out in week four. He has his best game of the season, Mike, his best production. He shows up and shows out. Good game for him. We're seeing the growth and the development of Joe Burrow. He gets that big W. A.J. Green, you, you, I think Joe Burrow's starting to realize, don't throw to this guy. It's over, man. It seems like it's over, at least. Like, I'd <laughs> rather have T. Higgins right now. I mean, he's been better than A.J. Green the last couple of weeks. The targets have been there. He's had a couple of touchdowns. A.J. Green is on a milk carton. He should not be in your starting lineup, regardless of the matchup. Okay, folks? Uh, Jacksonville, 
was seen as maybe a positive matchup for Cincinnati's offense in terms of the passing game. And Joe Burrow, from a fantasy standpoint, was okay. He, he, I feel like he was a bit of a disappointment. But look what happens when Cincinnati gets Joe Mixon into the mix, baby. They win football games, right? So hopefully this is a sign of things to come uh, for Joe Mixon from a fantasy standpoint. Got to be optimistic moving forward. Talk about Mixon, Higgins, and Burrow. I'm not op- – I mean, I, lo- I love T. Higgins. I've been talking about T. Higgins no, for the no. last couple of weeks. And you know Joe Burrow, is. they throw the ball so much and they run a lot of plays. Mixon's a guy you trade right now today because the next two weeks he's got Baltimore and the Colts. And I worry about that because those two run defenses are solid, especially the Colts. Fab's 100% right. I mean, they shut down Montgomery. So I, I, I like Joe Mixon. And I want him to be involved. I do. I mean, I have him in a couple of leagues. But I look at those matchups in the next couple of weeks, and, and, I'm, and I'm worried. So I think you, you've got to take this great game and see how you leverage it. But you can also look ahead to the schedule here with Mixon. Right. Week 12, he's got the Giants. They suck. Then he's got the Dolphins in week 13. They suck. Then he's got the Cowboys in week 14. They suck. So right. no, like no, the schedule is pretty favorable both ways. for him it works too. Both yeah. ways. I, I think yep. the problem is that, you know, the, the NFL has become a passing league. So the question is, are they going, he got six catches out of the backfield because the Jaguars are, are the, literally the worst team in the NFL at, at stopping running backs out of the backfield. So they've got to integrate him more into that passing game. Yeah, I think that's going to be a key part of it, getting him integrated into the passing game. I feel like we've been saying that for a couple years right now with Joe Mixon, but he did come out yesterday and settle down some of his fantasy managers. Um, What else we had? The young man in San Diego. I mean, excuse me, Los Angeles. (laughs) I like him. Just say Southern California and And, you're covered. The young man in Southern California, (laughs) Justin Herbert, who I didn't think was going to get a chance to see the field because Anthony Nenas is not like young quarterbacks. So I thought he was going to not get a chance. He, they keep saying the job is going to go back to Tyrod Taylor. At this point, Mike, this job can't go back to Tyrod Taylor. He dueled with Tom Brady yesterday. I think it's time to start thinking about starting Justin Herbert in leagues. Yeah, if Anthony Lynn goes back to Tyrod Taylor, I would question uh, his abilities to to correctly coach an NFL football team. Because, And I, I'm with you. I didn't coming out of Oregon. I didn't think Herbert was going to come in and make an impact. Uh, I, I I was concerned about his his long term viability in the league, but he's looked really good. Twenty plus points in two of three games. And guys, you want to talk about the schedule? Saints, Jets, Dolphins, Jaguars, Raiders. Giddy up! <laughs> Herbert's going to be in a lot of starting lineups, man. Over the next four or five weeks, the bye weeks are here. We've got two teams off this coming week. Like this dude, if he's on the waiver wire, and need a quarterback. I get it. Rookie quarterback, hey, hell, we've seen Joe Burrow put up some numbers, and Herbert is looking very good, and they may have to lean on him even more now uh, if Austin Eckler is going to be out, and it looks like he's going to be out maybe for several weeks. Yeah, Austin Eckler thing is upsetting, so that means I have a team where next week I may be starting Frank Gore and LaMichael Pirine. So oh, go oh. right there. Yeah, don't, don't, let me tell you but something, I, don't, when, I, you, when you play around that zero RB, sometimes a couple injuries can leave yeah, you in so, a tight so jam. Look, I'll say a, a prayer for you now, pal. Fabs is 100% right about Anthony Lynn. If Anth- and I tweeted it out yesterday. If Anthony Lynn goes back to Tyrod Taylor, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It could be the worst decision in, in NFL history. This kid looks, I mean, he's going toe-to-toe. Pete Carroll would have something to say about that. <laughs> go with Tom Brady with no receivers out there, losing Eckler, and this and the Chargers could have won that game. So look, you know, I, I think you've got to have Josh Kelly if he's on out of any league. He's not going to be in a high stake league, but if he's in a home league, you got to get him. And then Justin Jackson comes back into play. I feel badly about Eckler. I do. I feel terribly about Eckler. But look, the Chargers, 
showed me something yesterday that, you know, they played tough against a pretty darn good team in Tampa who was without some of their weapons too, but they hung in there. Yeah, my guy O.J. Howard, who I've been touting, looks like he's going to be done for the season uh, with a ruptured Achilles, but that could lead for some more work for Rob Gronkowski, but it's probably just going to be more work for Mike Evans because it seems like that connection is going come well. Come on, come on, Exep. Can you just give up on Gronkowski already? I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not. I mean, come on, man. Like this, like the perfect opportunity yesterday, people were coming at me because I had Gronkowski as a sit him. Well, all the Buccaneers wide receivers are hurt. I don't care. O.J. Howard was the best option at tight end they had. Gronkowski's washed, man. He's done. No, nah, I, I agree. Done. That's why. I agree. That's why I was on the Howard thing. But like I said, I know the, the targets are going to be Mike Evans uh, moving forward. And then we'll see what happens with Chris Godwin when he comes around. The The point that I was wanting to make about this one, though, was I tell you, Mike, the discount that people got on Keenan Allen this year, that's going to see him in a lot of Dude, teams yeah. that's going to be playing deep into the playoffs. He is getting targeted a ton. I mean, a ton. Like, nobody's getting targeted more than Keenan Allen over the last three weeks. The numbers have been phenomenal. And, you know, Mike Williams was out yesterday. And even, you know, Hunter Henry didn't have a great game. Uh, but Herbert did make stars of a few guys that we've never heard of before. Right? I mean, like, it's yesterday, you saw, and I don't even remember their names. The, the, dude, for, <laughs> the, dude, for the, the dude for the Eagles that scored, who was like on the practice squad. And then it was it Tyron Johnson for, for LA who scored. He was coming off the, it's unbelievable, but this is what we're dealing with in COVID-19. But you're right. Keenan Allen, people were concerned about him because of the departure of Phillip Rivers and the insertion of Tyrod Taylor into the lineup uh, as a starter for LA. Well, you are 100% correct, my friend. If you got Keenan Allen as your wide receiver, too, where you're flexing him, I don't know if he'd go as a flex in most of the leagues we're in, but maybe in some home leagues. Boy, I'll tell you something right now. You are smiling all the way to the statistical bank. Yeah, Doc, um, did we overcorrect Tyrod Taylor uh, messing up Keenan Allen? Did we overcorrect that as an industry? Well, look, I want to get to the Buccaneers first, and I'll come back to Keenan. No doubt. Tom, Tom Brady threw 10 targets to his tight ends yesterday. And that's what we talked about on, on Thursday's podcast, that he'd have to use his tight ends. So, you know, look, I think there's going to be a role. Now, I think Cameron Braid is a really good guy in the waiver wire. Cameron Braid is always in the right spot, and he's huge, and he's a great end zone guy, right? Because he's just he's always in the right spot. So I think that's, that's something to look at. In terms of Keenan Allen, Tyron Taylor just has issues. I mean, look, he is the ultimate, as you would say, exec, the bus driver. Yep. And he's a good bus driver. He's not, it's not that he's a bad bus driver, but that's what he is. He's a conservative guy who's great in a, in a locker room. He's, he's great with his teammates, but he's not winning you a Super Bowl. And I think when you look at Justin Herbert, he's got that, that extra gear. He's got that extra, even more mobility than Tyrod. Much better arm strength with Tyrod. And he's willing to make a mistake, which Tyrod doesn't do a lot of. So it helps Keenan Allen a ton. And I think you're right. I think there was a huge draft day discount because people were like, I don't want any. I don't want Keenan Allen if Tyrod Taylor is going to be there. And Anthony Lynn goes and says, Tyrod Taylor's our guy and he's our starter all year. So can you blame the fantasy football managers out there? You really can't. No, I would agree with you on that. Uh, Mike, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, quarter through the season. Who's the rookie of the year? Woo! I'm going Burrow still. I'm still going mm. Burrow. Uh, got got his first win. Has a tie. Okay, it's not a win, but it's better than a <laughs> loss. I just feel like Burrow is going to end up winning that award, running away with it uh, at the quarterback position. And boy, you want to talk about rookies who disappointed. What the hell did Indianapolis do yesterday with Jonathan Taylor? 
Like what now are we looking at like a three headed backfield monster in Indy at this point now? Like I, I, I kept looking at the game and I'm like, why the hell is Jordan Wilkins still in there? Why is Jordan Wilkins in there? Naheem Hines is in there. What's going on? So bad, uh, bad game for one rookie, but Joe Burrow, uh, certainly to me has got to be the favorite for rookie of the year right now. How about just bad game in that one? That was a bad game guys. That was the worst play calling I've ever seen by the bears. Nick Foles. I would have taken him out and put in Mitch Trubisky. I mean, that was so wretched to watch. Doc, what they got to do, you start Trubisky, okay? Maybe you give him two quarters. Go in the third quarter. If Chicago's getting beat or he's not looking good, you bring in Foles. Foles is not a starter. He's Mariano Rivera. You remember Mariano Rivera? When he started his career uh, with the Yankees, he was a starter. And then they were like, yeah, let's put him in the bullpen. And he went on to become the greatest closer of all time. I'm not saying Foles is the greatest closer of all time. He is a better reliever than he is a starter. And we've seen that time and time again, outside of that one year where he went for 27 and two for Philadelphia. I think it was interesting about um, Nick, the the Nick Foles is, I I think you did him hit it spot on. It's just that game yesterday just did. it, It felt clunky. Like Doc said, it didn't have no flow to it. I didn't like Doc, the Jordan Wilkins stuff. I didn't like Naheen Himes. Like, we want to see Jonathan Taylor get that get that workload, catch those passes, get those runs. I'm just the, – the, the Colts' offense is boring. Well, it is, but you, but I think we're, we're wrong. Fantasy football managers are wrong because Frank Reich likes running, running back by committees, right? We know that. Now, we saw Hines be phased out a couple weeks ago after having such a good week one, but they've said – that if the game flow dictates Hines, that he's going to play. And so, but there was, if you look at that game closely, and I did because I had Taylor and I had Montgomery in a couple of uh, DraftKings lineups where I was trying to be your rich friend. Taylor had some (laughs) openings and then he slipped on the field. He didn't take advantage of them. So all of a sudden, I think he blew a couple of opportunities. They took him out. Jordan Wilkins was running really hard. It was tough to take that guy down. And Hines just had some opportunities. And the problem was when those guys start running well, now all of a sudden you go to week five and they think, oh, let's split some carries. So it's just frustrating because if you drafted Taylor in round three, you look like a genius last week. And this week you're like, I I think this guy's a disappointment. It's just going to be inconsistent. Mike. Another guy that bounced back yesterday had a bounce back performance was another another veteran wide receiver in Emmanuel Sanders. He came out there, he got the work that he was looking for, that the guys that rostered him were looking for. Got some passes from Drew Brees. The Saints going there, they win that game. Alvin Kamara was very good, not dominant. And then on the other side of the football in that in, in that game, used the Detroit Lions. They just Matt Patricia, what a what a disaster. You talking about a you talking about a Mike McCarthy type hire? That Matt Patricia one, and I knew that was going to be bad right there. But when you look at Emmanuel Sanders, are you feeling more comfortable about Sanders moving forward, or at least until Michael Thomas gets back? Uh, I would say maybe until he is so up and down. So I, I wouldn't use the word comfortable. Okay. Okay. Uh, the bye weeks are coming up, and would I play him when the matchup is right? Okay, uh, uh, but I don't feel great about it. Uh, they've got the Chargers coming up uh, next on the schedule, so. Traquan Smith is the player that I'd feel comfortable with. Uh, He had 62 snaps played in that game yesterday. Emmanuel Sanders at 51. I just feel like Traquan's more of a playmaker than Emmanuel Sanders at this point. I feel like when Michael Thomas comes back and it could be week five, that Traquan is the two and then Sanders is a three if we're ranking them from a fantasy football perspective. But one thing that I'll tell you something right now that we've learned, and I think we kind of knew this, Drew Brees is an average fantasy quarterback without Michael oh, Thomas. No average, 
at No doubt best. about it. This was a high-scoring game, okay? Uh, this one went over. Both teams went back and forth. Drew Brees was not a good fantasy option in that contest. Regardless of all the points that got scored, he was right around, what, 16 points in that contest. And that's what Drew Brees is going to be until he gets MT back. Hey, you know what's interesting, Mike? I was listening to your boy yesterday morning, Mike Lombardo, Mike Lombardi. Yeah. And he said the Saints need to start Winston, that he is a better fit for the offense. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, Mike likes to say some uh, outlandish things. Jameis would, from a fantasy perspective, I don't think that would actually be a downgrade, right? I mean, Jameis didn't throw the football around. He was the QB5 last year. But the problem is turnovers. You don't want turnovers. And Jameis Winston, maybe the LASIK helped. Maybe it didn't. We're not sure yet because we didn't see him play in the preseason because there was no preseason. He hasn't played in the regular season. It'd be really hard for me to see the New Orleans Saints moving away from a healthy Drew Brees for Jameis Winston. Exactly. Doc, a couple things. Exactly. You're, you're, go ahead. Go ahead, I Doc. Talk about the, I want to talk about the Lions for a second. And I want to tell everything what they need to know about why Matt Patricia needs to be fired and why they lost this game. Okay? It's 35-21 about six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They're still calling running plays to Adrian Peterson at this point. Mm -hmm. And you check the box scores. Kenny Galladay's four for 62 when you didn't have the starting cornerbacks for the Saints. How are you going to win a game when you're not throwing the football down 14 points with six minutes to go? This is absolute lunacy, and any Lions fan should be beside themselves today because that was a winnable game for the Lions. They just didn't have the right game plan. I, I agree. I was I, I was very interested in that game. Um, I had a couple dollars on that game, Doc, and it started off pretty good. I was on the Detroit <laughs> Lions and ended up like it always ends up with the Detroit Lions. <laughs> you know what, though? Is that, honestly, like, all kidding aside, is that franchise cursed? They can't, it doesn't matter who the, I mean, Steve Mariucci was there. Okay. I love Steve. He's one of my pals. Like, it doesn't matter who they bring in. They just can't win. Like, and it's, they have talent on the offensive side of the football, the defense, you know, they've got, they've got a, a lot of, uh, a lot of issues there, but I mean, that franchise, no matter who they bring in, they can't win football games. It's interesting because you got Calvin Johnson who retired early. Obviously Barry Sanders retired, retired early. Calvin Johnson getting ready to go into the Hall of Fame. That's how long they, he's been they out didn't Detroit. Lose. They were tired yeah. of losing. I mean, they were <laughs> tired of losing. Seriously. No, I, I get it. And, 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 and it's tough right there. Excuse me. I have to try to fix that in the, in, in the post-production. All right, so listen up. Here we go right here. Kenyon Drake. Oh. Chase oh. Edmonds. Oh. Yeah, Mike, I, I, I know. Go ahead. I hate the go Drake now. I hate him. I hate them. All right. Like, dude, if you can't get it done against the Lions and the Panthers, I don't know what I can get for you. Maybe a ham sandwich. I'm not sure, but I'm trying to get the hell out of the Kenyon Drake game. I, so I went into the season. I had him ranked as a round two player and I did it because, well, this is a great fit. He looked really good last season. They gave him the football and in the back of my head though, guys, in the back of my head, I kept thinking to myself, every single time Kenyon Drake's had expectations put on him, he has failed to meet them. And once again, after four weeks and a couple of really good matchups in a row, Kenyon Drake had expectations that he is failing 
to meet. I don't know what the hell to do with this guy moving forward. I really don't. And you know who they've got coming up next? They got the Jets. And the Jets suck. But I said it about Carolina this past week. I said it about Detroit the week before. Doc, help me out, man. I need a prescription. Yeah, <laughs> we all do. I mean, look, I've gone to Kenyon Drake twice in DraftKings the last two weeks. And I'm like, I, you know, I got to be nuts. But look, I think something happened yesterday that may help everybody. Drake got injured, right? He has a chest injury. And if there was ever a time that you could say, well, look, let's take a week off, or maybe we're just going to give you fewer carries and let's see what Chase Edmonds could do. This might be the week. This might be the week. Remember one thing, Chase Edmonds had an opportunity last season and then he injured his hamstring, right? And then all of a sudden Edmonds came out and Drake came in and then Drake went off. So look, I, I think that Edmonds has a lot of juice He's a real good player. Most people who drafted Drake probably backed him up with Edmonds. If you didn't, you might get lucky here. And let's not forget a guy named Eno Benjamin who played for Arizona State. Maybe it's time to give him a run because right now I'm going to say a couple of things about Drake. He looks terrible. He look he doesn't look fast anymore. And Kyler Murray is killing his fantasy value on top yes. of everything yep. because mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, Murray is running more than he ever did last year. So if Murray is going to do this, who wants the Drake? If Drake is healthy, Drake is still, I would say, kind of workhorsey. He's just not catching the football. He's not catching the football. He's not scoring touchdowns. But he is getting the snaps. He is getting the carries. He is in the backfield. But like you said, you know, I think Chase Edmonds is going to be an interesting guy on watch on waiver wise this week if he's out there. How would you, Mike, rank the waiver wise this week? Is it Dontrell Hilliard? Is it Josh Kelly? Is it Chase Edmonds? How would you rank? the situation going on the Raven Wire this week from what we know right now, which is not a lot on Chubb and Eckler. Right. And the running back position is really thin right now. So like Joshua Kelly's not available in any leagues that we're in. But mm-hmm. when I looked at ESPN, he's available in like 40% of leagues. So home leaguers out there check to see if Joshua Kelly's available. Okay. And I get it. It sounds stupid for me to say it. Cause he's, he's long gone in all the leagues that we're in, but People don't play in the leagues that we play in. So he might be out there. And according to ESPN, he is out there in about 40% of leagues. Justin Jackson also uh, is going to be worth an add off the waiver wire. He's available almost across the board. Chase Edmonds, if we find out that that the Drake is hurt where he's going to miss time, then Edmonds could elevate up to the top. What about Dearness Johnson, right? I mean, like he was... I believe, was he in the XFL or the AAFL, whatever the hell it was? I'm pretty sure I I remember owning him in one of those leagues, and and he wasn't out all that bad. But he had 13 carries and 95 yards against the Cowboys. Another player that you want to go out, and this is is COVID fantasy football. This is COVID (laughs) fantasy football, right? Reggie Bonifant, okay? Yes. He had 12 touches and over 15 points. If anything should happen to Mike Davis, Reggie Bonifant is going to end up being pretty damn good because I'm not saying Christian McCaffrey is a system back, but the system sure the hell helps those running backs uh, in terms of the pass catching. So Bonifant's a guy that I would also go after this week as well. You stash him on the, on your bench and God forbid anything happened to Mike Davis. All of a sudden, boom, you got a guy until McCaffrey comes back. What do you think doc? How would you rank some of these waiver wide guys this week? And also I want your opinion on Isaiah Ford. Um, look, Isaiah Ford had, an, had a big opportunity yesterday, right? Because the, the, the the Seattle Seahawks do not cover the slot receiver very well. So, I mean, he got a ton of targets 
a ton. I mean, 10 targets in that game, but you got to do better than, than four for 48. I mean, that that's going to be his best opportunity. I don't know if it's going to be the best game of the season, but Chan Gailey's offense, I mean, they use the slot receiver. So, I mean, look, I, I he's, he's worth, uh, you know, a, a dollar, make you holler, as you would say, mm-hmm. in terms of running backs, I think we've got to watch this closely. Uh, I do agree about Bonifon, who I liked. I was actually surprised that Mike Davis won the backup job out of camp. I thought it was going to be Bonifon, but I mean, look, Davis has looked sensational. So I think he's interesting. I, I think for sure Joshua Kelly in any league uh, be- becomes a play. In our leagues, Justin Jackson becomes a play, right? All of a sudden, he's going to emerge because there's no <laughs> I way. I like how you say our leagues, Doc. That's smart. I hate sounding like we like these elitist fantasy are, players. You know what I'm saying? In our league. So it, yeah, you, know, no. you want to look at him. So, but also, we have a lot of leagues we play and have 20 roster spots. That's true. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I think there are guys, you know, that we, uh, I don't know. Damian Harris is a guy that I'd be looking at very closely. I think he's an interesting play when he comes back from the IR. Sonia Michelle has already been declared inactive for tonight's game. Exactly. I like Damian Harris a lot. I think he's a great play. And, um, you know, maybe Travis Homer. I don't know. Maybe DJ Dallas. Maybe Anthony McFarland. He got some carries yesterday, DJ Dallas. I know, and he looked pretty good. So I think what you got to do right now with running backs is literally the stash and cash method. You put a guy who looks like the third stringer on, on the roster. You put him on your team. I hate to say this. You, you wait for an injury, and when you do, you benefit. Doc, you starting Justin Herbert or Drew Brees? Uh, to be, ROS. Well, is, is, Mike, is Mike Thomas back? R-O- uh, yeah, Mike Thomas Mike Thomas is back, R-O-S. Yeah, if Mike Thomas is back, I'm starting Drew Brees because I like the weapons there with Kamara and, and Thomas. So, Mike, I mean, rest of the season, uh, Herbert or Brees? Oh, with Michael Thomas back, it's definitely Drew Brees. The schedule okay. looks really good for Justin Herbert. I will tell you that. I don't know that he's on that level when Brees has his full complement of weapons, and right now he does not. This coming week, those two teams play each other. Would I start Brees over... Justin Herbert, where Michael Thomas is out and Jared Cook is out, that, my friends, is a conversation. Yeah, I think and it was a conversation that we will have later on this week before we get ready to hop on up out of here. Doc, come in here right now and give me some thoughts right quick. Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta Falcons and the Green Bay Packers tonight. Well, Devontae Adams has already been ruled out. I think he wanted to play, but he's not. I know Robert Tanyan's out there. Uh, MVS looks pretty good as a play tonight. I mean, look, he's going to be their number one receiver. I think there's going to be a lot of Aaron Jones in this game. For for Atlanta, I mean, can can Julio and Calvin Ridley stay healthy? Can they stay on the field? Russell Gage is back. I don't see a lot for Todd Gurley. But look, I mean, Matt Ryan's got to be the Matt Ryan show. It's an even year, and whoever rostered him, you need those fantasy (laughs) points tonight. So I think this will be a high-scoring game. Even-numbered Matt Ryan. I love it. I think you do get some points tonight. Mike, the other game, Kansas City, Chiefs, New England, Patriots. We got the COVID-related issues. We already know Sonny Michelle is going to be out. How would you break this one down? Well, a lot of this depends on which Brian Hoyer shows up. We've seen Brian Hoyer look pretty good in the league. Uh, We've seen him look really bad in the league, right? Uh, Typically, I would consider the latter. I've actually got a question for you guys because I'm going back and forth on one of my lineup decisions. I've got Edelman with Hoyer throwing him the football, and I've got Russell Gage with Julio and Calvin Ridley back against Green Bay. Not sure which way to go there. Uh, Before we get to that, though, 
the running backs in New England, I'd start James White. I don't know that I would play Rex Burkett. I feel like they're going to try and get James White involved in the offense here. They're going to want to keep that offense in Kansas City off of the field. Edelman, to me, the matchup is not great. Kansas City's been really good against slot receivers dating back to last year, and now he's got Brian Hoyer uh, throwing him the football. So there's not a whole hell of a lot to like on the New England side from a fantasy perspective. But I'm going to throw that question out to you guys. Edelman or Russell Gage tonight? What do you think? You want to take the first stab at it, Doc? All right. I will go with Edelman. Not that I don't like Russell Gage. I do. But I think he is option 3A, right? Because you got Julio, you got Ridley, (laughs) and then you got all these other guys. But I do like him. I think Edelman is the number one guy, and I think Hoyer will lock into his first target. I think Damier Bird doesn't fit Hoyer well because Hoyer doesn't have the arm. Nikhil Harry, I'm not sure. I think Hoyer will trust Edelman. I think Edelman goes 7 for 70. Yeah, I think in a game where, where more than likely New England's playing from behind, I think Edelman is would, would get the uh, <clears throat> the nod, in my opinion, right there. I got one more thing I forgot to ask you guys about. Then we get ready to get up out of here. The Rams' backfield, Mike. Oh, what? We can't have anything nice in fantasy. We can't. We thought we had it locked at Daryl Henderson. Oh, giddy up, man. Two straight games in a row. He's leading the team in touches. He's looking great. He's averaging around six yards a carry. And then what does Sean McVay do? Smashes our hopes of Daryl Henderson into teeny tiny pieces. I got to be honest with you. I don't know who to play in that backfield now. I thought it was Henderson. Two straight games. He looked great. And then they went back to Malcolm Brown. Guys, honestly, you are throwing darts at some of these backfields. Detroit, Los Angeles now, Tampa Bay once Leonard Fournette comes back. I have no clue. The more explosive player, the guy with the higher ceiling is Daryl Henderson. Maybe the guy with the better floor is Malcolm Brown. All I know is that it's been super difficult to try and predict what's going to go on in this backfield. Uh, The Rams have Washington next week with with or without Chase Young. That defense has not been terrible uh, so far, but it's a bit banged up. It's anybody's guess right now, guys. It really, really is. It's uh, it's a guessing game, and it's become like that in several backfields across the National Football League. Uh, it, it's making people uh, pull their hair out in fantasy, that's for sure. But don't forget Cam Akers is back. Cam Akers is back soon. Don't forget that. So it, a complicated right. backfield Makes it worse. is going to get yes. more complicated. And yeah. look, look, it's it's. I started Henderson in plenty of DK lineups, and it was obviously a huge mistake. But, you know, never confuse the results with the decision. The decision to start him was was right. I mean, the Rams exactly. won the football. Correct. He was 100 yard back. The Giants stink. It made all the sense in the world. But look, now I, I've lost, you know, I'm no longer your rich friend, and now I live and learn for next week. Hey, it's Michael Fabiano now with Sports Illustrated, and I'm here to help you through this wild fantasy football season. To win in fantasy, you need player rankings you can trust, and ours have received the top five accuracy award over the last three seasons. Sign up for the all-new SI Fantasy Plus at si.com fantasy. We even have tools that sync with your leagues and experts who are standing by answering your questions in our premium chat. Sign up for SI Fantasy Plus at si.com fantasy and win your leagues in 2020. That's si.com fantasy. <laughs> 